Hey, remember to subscribe and follow my podcast so when I release a new episode, you get a notification. And follow me on Instagram. Yes, King Oliver. I am very active on there. Have a great day and enjoy the episode. So I used to always be like, okay, when it's really, really cold, I always thought about going on holiday and like living in America, for example, like LA, because it's sunny all the time. And like anything, too much sex, too much food, too much TV, too much time with your partner, everything after a while becomes too much. And so if you had too much sun, you would want it to be cold. You would underappreciate having some. And now the seasons are changing in England, where we've gone from summer to autumn. I'm really starting to appreciate the different smells and the different feel that autumn has compared to summer. And you see like the trees starting to fall off and it gets colder late at night and you can wrap up. And now I'm like, actually, I really appreciate all seasons and having one thing, you would just take it for granted. And so having a choice of things really makes you grasp and appreciate the good things when it happens like sun even though it's cold for half the year so true it's so true I've actually been feeling like that myself recently which is weird I think I said to somebody in a conversation yesterday that I'm looking forward to winter and Canadian winters like kind of intense um but I don't know I don't know what it is there's something that's maybe shifting in me um that it's sort of the contrast of all that is, you know? Seasons are such a great metaphor for existence. Yeah, and even though, like, life like life has been created from the sun, just, like, being there all the time, as a human, it actually um, goes in our interest to have different things because otherwise, what, what's the point in life anyway? Like, there is no point, so we have to find things to do. But the fact that we have... We can look forward to summer when it's cold or look forward to Christmas when it's hot. Gives us, gives a, gives a human being another reason to to appreciate life and keep going. Because all the animals do is they just get up and then I suppose they migrate when it gets cold or whatever. But for us, it's like we have something to look forward to. So as it's actually good for humans that we've got all these extra stuff that other animals pretty much don't have. They either go underground and sort of just stay there until it gets hot or they migrate. So they never really experience the leaves and the cold because, you know, they have to, they're always in the 18 degrees, perfect heat, wherever that is. Like when We're looking for it. Yeah. 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 It's funny. Actually, we, we did some gardening for the first time. I mean, we're in like a tiny little apartment building. And so we would bring our plants in and out every single day. And um, one of our plants, well, actually a few of them failed to thrive because they didn't have enough stress. And I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, and it's because we shielded them from the elements. If it was going to be a little too cold, we'd bring them inside. And, you know, if it was too windy, we'd, we'd put them in a shelter. And so kind of protecting them and shielding them from these natural elements that provide the stress that they need to thrive. I just thought that was so fascinating because it's kind of the same thing for us too. Talk to me about the stress. What do you mean by stress? So they needed, there's, um, to, to experience stress, for example, um, the sun might burn away some of the leaves and we would sort of try to protect them from that. But in losing that layer of protection, they're able then to expand and grow a little bit wider. Um, and so when they become wider, they're actually more resilient and they can, they have sort of like the base to grow taller. But a lot of ours grew really, really, really tall and they didn't have enough uh, stress in order to get what they needed, I guess. Um, or some of them needed to be trimmed. Some of them needed to be chopped like right at the top when I, I would never even imagine why would I chop the top off? They just got this big, but they needed that bit of stress so that they could do what they were supposed to do, which is evolve, you know, and if they were in nature, nature would have taken care of that. Um, but we were so busy trying to protect them from ever experiencing any stress that uh, we sort of failed to thrive them. <laughs> yeah, so I've got a thing called Californian poppies and um, I've been chopping off the dead heads like every single time it flowers it's got like this seed thing and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. I've been chopping them off every single time the flower fucks off basically and the flowers and the buds just keep growing every day there's just more and more and more flowers and it's like if it was just left to nature they wouldn't flower as much so by me chopping off the head really increases the the flower and I planted for the first time I went to the shop and bought basil plants you know coriander plants mint plants they have grown eight times what they were and they flowered at the top and I've never seen a basil coriander plant flower and you're saying about you know chopping off the top does stuff I mean I've just let nature do what it's doing but if you do chop stuff off it does tell the plant to 
seed in other areas or flower in other areas. And yeah. when it was really hot, the leaves burnt. They they literally burnt, right? And yeah. as you were saying, it means that the other it means that it has to do something else, like grow elsewhere or make the leaves wider to some shit like that. So it's it's all yeah. already designed to do what it needs to do. Like humans do not need to interfere and put it indoors and it's a bit cold and like the flowers that they literally close up when it's cold and rainy. So why yeah. do we need to do any of that shit? But yeah. truly amazing. Um Yeah, it is. Yeah, plants. Well, and it's funny because it's you know, it's a lot like us in a lot of ways. But I mean, when you get close to a human being and you're talking about cutting heads off, like not literally, but I mean, you're you're cutting the heads off of these poppies and more are growing as a result. And it's kind of the same thing as trauma. It's the same thing as suffering. It's the same thing as all of the um, difficult experiences that we're exposed to that actually grow us so much, but we're so resistant to that. We don't look at it the same way that, you know, as nature, when we, we can accept these gruesome things about nature we can accept that autumn is ultimately the death of everything spring and summer brought and autumn is like this long like funeral process where all of the leaves are starting to decay they're starting to go through this beautiful metamorphosis where they're either going to completely die or they're going to lay dormant for the, the winter season and that's all fine and well when we're looking at nature. But the moment that we start dealing with the loss of our loved ones, it's like, hold on a second. This was this person was too young or, you know, and it's like, well, wait a second. This is actually a huge part of the process. This is nature. We're part of it. Yeah. Like when the um, the plant goes through the winter process, all the leaves drop to the ground, the bark maybe get rotten and it will fall off. That's mud, mud and soil for the next seed to grow in. So if you didn't have exactly. that mud, if you didn't have the leaves and the bark fall off to create mud, then the seeds wouldn't have anywhere to, to, to fertilize and grow. So that process is crucial. And um, if you think about animals, they have stress, meaning they are on alert for an animal about to eat them, right? That's good stress. That's like agile, like a boxer yeah. needs that ability to quickly punch someone in the face when he doesn't know they're coming, right? But human stress is like they're stuck in an office all day for eight hours with their boss, like, look, I'm going to fire you if you don't do this job. And then they think of their mortgage and their kids and their family and their house and then like fucking grandma's healthcare. All that stress is not natural. So that's bad stress, mm. even though stress is yeah. good. And we're all getting the wrong type of stress. Like we can't yeah. deal with life, yet we have all this stress, but it's the wrong stress. And we're incapable of handling life situations where we're just fucking killing ourselves. Like we're putting ourselves in a, in a disease state. But you look at nature, Absolutely. it's that cycle. And um, yeah, looking forward to, it's like, Autumn's like the long funeral grieving stage where you sort of have to grieve for, say, six months of the sun you had, right? <laughs> and then eventually, yeah, exactly. eventually there's like new life again. And it's like you 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 leave a boyfriend or a girlfriend and you're like, oh, I wish I, how am I ever going to love again? And then another person comes along and I'm like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Look at her hair. Look at her flower. <laughs> look at the flowers. Look at the teeth. Yeah. And it's like, wow, that cycle doesn't end. And people can always love again and many times at one time. And it's not just one person forever. And that's it. It's nonsense. It's yeah. just like saying a plant's going to grow once and then it won't grow again. Nonsense. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's so funny. It's funny, though, because you get close to humans and that whole nature thing doesn't seem as relatable anymore, even though it is like it's the exact same thing. We all go through cyclical uh, seasons ourselves, you know, and there's so many different stages of our own of our own growth. But I think it's that like, you know, we have such chronic stress. And I heard it said once, I can't remember who said this to me. Um, they said, the human being is the only species that pays for a mistake more than once. And I thought that was so interesting because it's like, you know, if a deer has a close encounter with a prey animal or a predator, I'd rather, um, it's not going to beat itself up for months that, oh, I shouldn't have been down in that gully, you know, like I know that the wolves always hang out down there. I shouldn't have been doing that. I know better than this. It's like, no, they turn on that fight or flight. They get the hell out of there and then it's over and they go back to grazing. They don't have that chronic stress where we're like, oh, I hate my boss and I have to go into work. And, you know, we perpetuate and perpetuate and perpetuate and really feed into the stress when, you know, if there's nothing we can do, there's a level of acceptance we might need to come to. And if we can't accept, then we need to do something. But we're so stuck in maybe addicted to our own stress, too. You know, it's such a it's it's so interesting. 
See, when you say addictive, it is true. Like the vibration our body's in becomes the norm and it becomes uh, what we're used to. So if you've got a happy person coming in like, hi, do you want a coffee? You're like, fuck off, man. I've just woken up. Like you're not used to it. Um, it's what yeah. your body's used to. And like if you're if, if you have a plant and it's used to like nice compost and sun and water, it's going to thrive. And if it's you put Coke on it, a Red Bull, it's not going to survive. So we are addicted to our default state of feeling, even though yeah. it's not even though it's not our fault and it's not an addiction by choice, it is an addiction. We're used to that yeah. feeling like smoking. You're used to that feeling of how it feels when you smoke or when you have a Chinese takeaway, the MSG and how like mm. energetic you are. Um, like a kid has loads of like crisps and sweets. You're used to that yeah. feeling. Um, yeah. It, the addiction is, 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 the, is, the, is the right word. We are addicted to mm-hmm. stress, but it's the wrong stress. And it's like something's wrong if, the boss is praising me. So you said to the boss, stop praising me. This is weird. You don't normally praise me. All right, then I'll yeah. just keep calling you an asshole and like, you know, shouting at you. Unless that's crazy <laughs> yeah. because that's not, we're seeking that appra- approval yeah. um, and yeah. praise. It's, it's, it's that sad. like self-saboteur in all of us, you know, that's like, hold on, things are going too well. I need to sabotage it because, you know, I'm, I don't know how to cope with <laughs> copacetic environments. You know, I need to continue to get the feedback that I'm no good because I'm addicted to being no good. And uh, the moment somebody turns that around on us, we don't know what to do. So we sabotage it. It's it's fascinating. Um, so, you know, like um, how we have sun and then it goes to the cold and then we have sun again. That's the same as like falling in love and then that high sort of just becoming the norm. And it goes down to just, OK, now what should we do? <clears throat> oh, let's just do that. That high is gone, which is the autumn bit. Now, if life is that continuous cycle, that says that we should always have a new lover, always have a new mate to have sex with, because we need that highs and that low. We need that chase and that that low but society's set up where we're supposed to have one person forever so it actually goes against nature um which is why so many people end up in divorce there's so many problems in relationships because we we know what nature is saying but yet we're doing the opposite and then when the nature part happens we're shocked and we don't understand so how how do how do you live a life of what man has created and all the stuff that man's created Knowing that it's completely the opposite, like medicine and man-made vitamin C, when you just have to be eating fruit, like yeah. we're doing. It's like yeah. you, you can't do anything about it because that's what life is. So what do you do knowing this? Just ride the wave and then hopefully, you know, if we're going to split up, then we might do. But maybe not now. And we'll worry about it then. Or do you just know the the drill of you've got to keep it fresh? We've got to date all the time. We've got to do new stuff. We've got to not get comfortable and always be on on show like we were when we first met to keep Mm -hmm. it fresh like we don't we're not each other's item I could leave at any point so we've got to keep an effort going otherwise you just start to eat get fat and then give a shit Well, I think that's it, though. It's like that complacency because it's like on one level, we crave newness and we crave um, the the high that we get from new experiences because it is very much, you know, it acts like it acts on our dopamine dopamine receptors in the brain, which is like the equivalent to heroin or, or sugar, the way that it excites the brain. Right. And so we we sort of are addicted to that high that we experience in new experiences or new relationships or uh, new jobs or whatever. And then we don't know what to do when things get complacent. Although when you look at kind of the trend, even in the dating world, you look at the trend of people who are, you know, dating, they want to have that conversation, let's make it exclusive. And then as soon as you get there, it becomes flat because at some level, we're craving both of these things simultaneously. How can I have consistency and feel really rooted and grounded in my relationship while at the the same time, keep it new, keep it fresh and keep it exciting so that I can satisfy the need to get high, you know? And, um, I think the biggest thing is like, you know, I love, uh, I love Ram Das and, and a lot of his teachings because he would talk about, you know, how do I get high and not come down? And that's what he was um, exploring with psychedelics. And he would find the problem with psychedelics is that you always come down. I don't want to come down. And uh, so he learned to find these things through meditation and through other practices. But, you know, I think it's, it's so interesting because you get to that place where you're complacent and it's the same thing with your job and it's the same thing with everything that you kind of hate about your life is that it's the same old. Um, but if we're not growing, you know, like for me and in, in my marriage, like my, my husband's not the same person that I married. He's not even the same person that I fell in love with. And 
we are changing at such a rapid rate that we're in a new relationship constantly because we're new people constantly. And if one of us chose to stop growing, that would probably be where things die, you know, um, because that goes against life. Creation is evolution. And if we are, you know, really sort of craving that complacency, that place where, okay, I've arrived, I've arrived at this place where I'm in a stable job and I have this stable relationship and nothing's ever going to change. We're trying to hold on to, um, something that is evolutionary in nature and that goes against all that is. You can't reach into a stream and grab a little bit of water and expect that you're going to be able to hold the whole stream in your hand. It keeps flowing. That's the nature of what it does, you know, but we're so afraid. We're so afraid of change. It's just fascinating. So do you, see, to me, I've, I think I thought or have, and I think about that a lot. You want that say date and then, then you want them to yourself right and then you get them to yourself and then you want new so to me it's like you create our brains crave the dopamine rush but mm-hmm. there, if there's always going to be if that dopamine rush always becomes the norm that means we're always going to crave another dopamine rush so is the answer open relationships where you have that one person and then you go out and seek the same kind of dating high until it fizzles out with people but you've still got that love thing which is that one person there but the other people it's it's just like a chase thing is that the solution or is the whole thing just man-made anyway and this thing about you know love and marriage and stuff it just goes against energy and cells which is they die and then they divide and then they become two energy tracks to become one and then it sort of repels like that's how life works that's how we work that's how like sperm and egg works is that how it works and yet man has just created this fantasy of what it wants and it's just never going to work but if it does work an open relationship for example is as close as it gets to having your cake and eating it i think you know it's it's so funny because there's so much um what's the word it's like there's a lot of the whole system has been infiltrated because the whole idea of separateness is elusive in nature. Um, you know, when you look at quantum mechanics and quantum physics, and you see that when something has come together, it can never be separate. Even when physically there is distance in between, um, it can never be separated. And so the whole idea, I mean, you hear it's such a cliche, like, oh, we're all one. Okay, yeah, we are. We actually are. And I think this is part of the problem is that we're born into this like illusion of being separate and we keep finding a lover in everybody because everybody is also us. And so we're sort of in some ways seeking to reconnect with aspects of ourselves. Um, And then you have, I think, what the world breathes into everything because the world tends to corrupt um, what is sacred and and beautiful. And the world says, okay, well, we need to possess everyone. So then it becomes about lust. It becomes about sex. It becomes about this uh, level of intimacy when there's beautiful platonic love as well. Um, There are, you know, people that you might just love to have a conversation with all day, but you don't necessarily need to take it to that next level. And a lot of times when you do, it's really deeply unsatisfying because you're like, ooh, I I just crossed a threshold that probably didn't need to be crossed, right? But the world has us addicted to this type of dating, this this type of... I don't know. It's 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 so interesting because at some level we are all one, um, and so we're seeking to reconnect with ourselves, and I think that's completely natural. Um, and you know, when you look at the addictive qualities that you find even within intimacy and dating, I mean, there is still like chasing that high, chasing that newness, and you know, is it, is there something wrong with that? For some couples, I mean, they have open relationships and that works very well for them. Um, for a lot of people, there's, there's not the self-assuredness, I guess. Um, but you're, I think also looking at energetic qualities within other beings that, um, we're sort of curious about. I think we're all alchemists in in sort of like the deepest sense that we're like, oh, what would my energy mixed with that energy be like, you know? And we're just curious, but it's all an illusion. I mean, there's no such thing as separateness and we die and we go back into the all and, um, you know, we ditch the body and we realize, oh, it's you again, it's me, <laughs> hello, you know? 
Uh, but there is no separateness. And I think it's only natural for us to pursue what that might feel like, because ultimately that's the, that's the um, idea of coming together with one another in intimacy is that you at one point merge into oneness, you know, with another person. And at, at a core level, I think that's what we're seeking more than anything else. Yes. Yeah, so as you're saying, like everything is this, that and both. We're all connected, different parts of us. We see different parts of us in other people. So we're attracted to the old part of us, even the traits of our parents and our grandparents and friends yeah. and the version we want to be. And so the thing that once you like have a friend and then you've sort of you've got something from them and then you're off. That's not how it works. Like it's still we're still connected. Their thoughts are your thoughts are now connected to their thoughts. So then when they think about you and you think about them or something related to them that's not your thought that's because of them and they could be anywhere in the world and now that mm -hmm. thought has influenced your thought I know I met somebody on Instagram from Canada and I knew when she was thinking about me and I text her saying I'm trying to sleep can you stop thinking about me because I could not <laughs> sleep that's, that's yeah. crazy right so yeah. I've never met opposite side of the world and I had to text her stop thinking about me because it was so strong it was so intense that I couldn't get her off my mind um like this thing that about sounds like twin flame energy there i mean i don't think she is a twin flame um but anyway um <laughs> so yeah so so like man like says you know you should have one person as in one energy connects to one and you're done but as you know if you don't if that person grows and you don't you become out of sync you got to grow yeah. together and it's like, yeah. unless you are, say, twin flames, right, where you're yeah. the same energy, focus on the same growth, naturally, most people, if it's just somebody from school or somebody you've met from work, you might have an attraction at that point in your life, you get together, mm -hmm. but they don't grow, it's going to become out of sync. And if you have kids, their energies are going to be imbalanced too. And then the cycle just continues for the generation below. Okay. Um, I used to be all about you know this one person and then I found the one person my twin flame and then I realized that we are so strong and independent that we're too similar happy by ourselves that coming together is too intense that you'd rather not so now it's like okay so this vision of one person which I always knew was out there doesn't exist now what and the answer is if you've got two energies the same you repel you need an imbalance somewhere, not enough where you're two different people, but there needs to be a slight imbalance where you're not exactly the same, where one yeah. person can grow and depend and learn from you more than the other. Even if you can't learn from them in any way because you're more too yeah. enlightened, there needs to be a slight imbalance where they feel a need to come back to you. And that means you can't be ever with the twin flame because I don't know. I don't know about that. I think those are mo the most difficult relationships that you can. I know a lot of people who have like released twin frame, twin flame relationships because they are they're they're the most difficult relationship I think that you'll ever have. Um, but I think also like you know in so many ways like we we don't really know. I think it's so interesting because like obviously like when you're talking about this idea of the one, that's very religion. Like that's what religion said. Um, religion said we come together in sacred um, holy matrimony and you know we we merge under God and that's religion. Um, when we look at why are we actually here on this planet um, and we could debate about that forever because I mean how am I going to answer that question for you? For, for me, what I have come to understand and I'm open, whatever I understand is so open to, you know, learning more and building on it. But we came here to learn about ourselves and every single person that we cross paths with that, you know, that we're drawn to in one way or another has like codes for us. And that could just be, um, you know, the way that we interact with one another. There's something about who they are that stirs something about who we are and it helps for us to explore. And I think that when we become so fixated, because a lot of the times we're looking at love in the wrong way, what we're actually looking at is attachment. It's not love. And and so, you know, if it were true love, we would be able to very easily move in and out of those things. Some things might last forever. Some, most, <laughs> do not. And, you know, in those circumstances, 
we have to be willing to say, wow, this person taught me so much about this particular topic. It's time to release that and, and take on what's new. And I think that's where we get stuck is because we're, we're in attachment. If we were actually in love versus attachment, we would be able to see, oh, wow, this relationship is no longer serving either one of us. Let's release it. Let's clear it. Let's move on. Um, but instead we say, no, we have a house together. We have children together. We have, you know, it's complicated. Um, and it's only complicated because the world makes it so. But we're not really, I don't think, in many cases, talking about love. We're talking about attachment. And then we have the scars of attachment when a relationship is over. And it's like, you know, all of those, um, the hurt feelings and the, the traumas or the pain that we go through in a breakup that usually one person suffers a little more than the other based on their level of attachment. Um, you know, but it's like wanting to keep someone forever is not love. That's imprisonment. You know, that's like putting them in jail. Okay, you're mine and I'm going to lock you away and you're never going to, you know, look anywhere else except for to me that I somehow am going to satisfy all of your needs. And um, I don't know how practical that is. You know, I think that's part of the problem is that we get into these relationships and we look to that person and say, wow, like, why aren't you satisfying my best friend need? Like, you know, you're not satisfying that need. Now I have to outsource that need. Of course you do. How are you going to find everything that you need in one person? Um, you know, everybody else that's that's around you and, and the potential for who you could become really rests on this broad spectrum of having different people to go to for different things. You know, it's it's so complicated, it feels relationships so when i was 21 i fell in love right and looking back now as you said it wasn't in love it was attachment i'd never found yeah. somebody who i'd connected with like that before so to me when i was a dependent i was a semicircle she was a semicircle we made each other a circle aka complete right so looking back we never got together we weren't having sex i really wanted to be her boyfriend but I was scared of rejection so I never said anything looking back now that wasn't in love it was a toxic desperate needy anxiety heart pounding oh my god like scared to lose her that was yeah it was not love right so I thought okay if that's in love now I'm complete and I don't need anybody I can never be in love I can only love somebody because I don't need that energy to complete me which I'm in the in love the in harmony so I'm never going to get hurt again so I can love you love anyone on the planet but I'm never going to be like oh my god please don't go because I have myself and then someone the other day told me that that is not what love means that's a made up fantasy of what we're taught love means like fairy tale or you know god says one is this whatever it's Love is about being in harmony with somebody. It's not supposed to hurt. You either disharmony or you're in harmony. So when you think about love, there's different levels of love, like how much you love that person, but it never ends up being hurt, whether it's a friend, a colleague, a, a partner, a mother, a child. Yeah. It's just a stronger version of love. It's not supposed to hurt. And if it does hurt, it's not love, it's attachment. And then it's like, well, why yeah. are you attached to that person or the idea of that person? And then, it, yeah, so, so it is true. very, very complicated. And I'm realizing that, if you take away our bodies, we're just vibration. Our ancestors are made up of everyone's vibration at some point. So whether it's frequency zero to frequency one billion, right? Every human has been that or will be that and ancestors were that. We're all connected, which is why you can meet so many people and feel connected to almost any human being if you choose to find the connections rather than the disagreements like politics and Absolutely. religion. So, and then, and then the physical looks actually become irrelevant. Even though yeah. the physical looks might be a reason why you are attracted to them, you always will connect to a human being. And then it's like, okay, well, so this person cleans, this person gives me great sex, they've got money, they're funny, they can do accents, they can sing, but her mother's a, an arsehole, she doesn't like me, she wants two kids and I only want one, so I don't want that person. And then you go to the next person and they take off, say, seven out of ten. And then you find somebody who's got one of those three which that person didn't have, but hasn't got the seven. So let's just say the sex. And then you go to her for sex and you forget the dinner and the cooking and all the other stuff that she, the one before gave you, which was more than the sex. So now you sacrifice like one thing, you sacrifice seven great things for one thing you weren't having. But then that seven things weren't enough. So you wanted that one extra thing you weren't getting. So what that says is that like the energy never settles it never you grab that you like you put a hand in the stream to grab that water but it's still flowing it never ever settles so then what does that say that no one is ever going to truly be happy but to understand how life is 
you have a choice of being a free bird and sort of having multiple relationships for however long they last or having the the dynamics of one relationship and what that comes with roast dinner on a sunday with their parents going for walks cooking with them having baths with them and it comes down to a choice there's no right or wrong it's just what do you want more what's more innate for you what did your parents have that you're prone to like what you're used to what does your sister got your brother got end of the day we crave what the majority have which we haven't got and if that is say a harmonious relationship putting up with their nonsense like the toilet the toothpaste not being on and shit like that then (laughs) that's what we're gonna end up craving more even though it's not everything that we want because you can't have everything and I think that people always want more and lose everything yeah look at like I mean I'm so fascinated with ancient history look at the rise and fall of so many civilizations and why did that happen because nothing was ever enough we were never ever ever satisfied and so I mean I think that even just the idea of being happy um I reject that in so many ways because I think that goes against everything that goes against the cyclical seasonal nature of life are you willing to be both happy and unhappy are you willing to go through both of those seasons we're not and so we say as soon as as soon as shit gets hard in a relationship i'm out of here i'm done you're not providing me i can't draw sustenance from you any longer so i'm done i'm out and uh you know it's so it's so interesting because i think it also depends on what your archetypes are what did you come here to experience in this life you know it's like we we have these contracts that we decide upon before we come into human form. And it's like, right, okay, um, I want to learn about forgiveness in this lifetime. So who's up to betray me so that I can learn something to forgive? you got to give me something to forgive. I can't come here and learn forgiveness unless I have a reason to forgive. So who's going to sign up to hurt me, okay? And then, you know, you end up, for me, I mean, it's like how many toxic relationships that I was into that were super abusive and those were there to teach me something. I wouldn't be able to learn what I needed to learn from those had I not had those experiences. And that seems to be a contract I came in here with, you know? And so it's like, well, what did you come to experience? And can you honor that? Um, You know, some people came to maybe experience monogamy, they might have to be cheated on a few times before they get into that like one relationship where they can fully trust because there's aspects of them. You have to always learn the contrast before you can learn the other thing because there's this like juxtaposition from which we experience things. So it's like with happiness, I'm like, "Mm, is that the goal? Not really for me. The goal for me is peace. And peace is sort of like this uh, place where we say, oh, okay, this tragedy is happening over there. And here I am sitting in my own peace. Oh, okay, this joyful experience is happening over here. That's nice. I'm not going to attach myself to it because attachment causes suffering. So I can enjoy this happy, joyful experience and also just still be super neutral and super in peace, you know? And I think uh, that's one of the, 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 really paradoxical parts because we are so wired to seek our ultimate happiness. We get there and we're like, okay, yeah, that's cool. But now I have a a juxtaposition from which I can realize there's more happiness to be had. So this was cool. This satisfied my need when I was searching for it. But now that I've arrived, it's like I'm standing at a different vantage point and I'm like, well, hold on. I didn't know there was something over there. I'm going to go explore that. Right. And it's like this, like humanity's never ending desire to, to pursue and conquer and experience all that there is and is that wrong no i think it's built into our very dna it's built into creation um but it's it's interesting to to observe you know and before i reply your camera has frozen can you switch it off and then on and it should it should fix it better okay we are back yeah um (laughs) it's true like if you look at like um like for example presidents and and politics they're always trying to you're even in a job think about it when you go to a job company you start off at the bottom and you want to work your way up and you get more money more power and then there's always like something else you want right you go to another company something different you know go from gym to say restaurant industry and it's like that doesn't it's not making me happy and what you said is 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 the secret. It's not happiness. We are seeking it. It's peace. Peace meaning you're happy, but you accept the fact that there's always going to be shit around you. There's always going to be something better and better boyfriend, a nicer meal, a better restaurant, you know, nicer car, 
and you, if we're ever going to be chasing another high, well, no matter what it yeah. is, a new sofa, new wallpaper, new TV, new perf, new boyfriend, like everything, there's always someone else. So yeah. it's like, how do you do? You either do you do you go out and get everything, or do you not? But if you don't have said that most up to date technology, you're going to become out of sync and left behind. So then, when yeah, you look yeah. at it like that, it's like, well, actually, I have to keep up. But then you realize, no, because there's always going to be something else and you you have to you've got to have a foundation within yourself like that peace bit where you accept the fact that there's always going to be new new information out there which i can't always learn because if i'm learning all this information i can't do anything because it's going to take time and then time to do this and time to do that and you realize wow if i if every human shut their brain down for five minutes and stopped thinking and there'd be no ideas there'd be no nothing what am I left with? And I'm just left with me and myself um, and that peace and accepting that it's going to rain, it's going to storm. Some animals might die. I could be eaten. That's just life. And that, that and then you truly, you truly gain power over everything in life because when people are out and they say a car accident and you're like, they're like, well, why are you not, are you not panicky? Like, did you like, no, you're not scared. And you're like, no, it's just life. Like, that's just what it is. Your friends are like, you're crazy. Like we even fucking died. And you're like, well, we didn't die. Yeah. So yeah. I'm not going to allow this situation to affect after. Like, we're not dead, so let's move on. Let's enjoy the night. And that yeah. comes from experience of of pain. Like, you know, we have to learn, we have to feel the pain. In order, I have a, a scenario called jacket scenario, which means you have to forget your jacket in order to remember your jacket next time when it's cold. You can't just rely <laughs> on your friends to give you it when, he, when they're out because yeah. you're, you're now relying on them to bail you out if it gets cold. Whereas mm-hmm. if your friend said no, I'm not giving you my jacket and you freeze your bollocks off now yeah. every time you leave the house you're going to remember jackets right exactly. so it's about you've got to learn your own pain in order to to learn um and yeah. you know I but isn't that so funny like that's like the the biggest like you see this a lot playing out in relationships you know and um I was talking to my mom about this recently because we have you know one of my younger sisters let's say she's failing to thrive and uh at some level you know I said to my mom like are you done coddling? Like, like, are you going to let her, are you going to let her forget her jacket essentially, you know, because she's not going to learn anything when you keep coming behind her and shoveling all the shit she's leaving behind. Like you're going to have to let her make a mess, sit in the mess. And when she's ready to clean it up, figure out how to do that. And that actually provides her with so much more than you could ever teach her verbally. You can't teach people that. You have to let people literally wade through their own crap and figure out how to get out of it if they want to. Because in so many levels, we're addicted to our own suffering too. You know, it's like, I've said to this this very sister, like, okay, so if you never got to tell me your whole trauma story, then who would you be? let's say you never told that story again, then what's left to tell? Who are you? Oh, you're nothing without that story. Like, all right, well maybe get a new story. Cause you're clearly very attached to this is who I am because these are what happened to me. I'm like, you're just living in the past. You're not living in the present moment. You're not creating in the present moment. You're creating from the past. And that's a choice. Go for it. That, you know, you if you came here to experience suffering by all means, who am I to interfere with that? You know? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, but we do, we get in each other's way a lot with that. In the animal kingdom, like, you know, you've got little, like, African tribes people, like, four years old, right? They're literally climbing trees, hunting fish at four years old, and they can literally just fuck off and start a family at ten, right? (laughs) No, they they do. Like, they have kids really, really young, because there's no such thing as kids. It's just do what you're doing, like, apes just mating, and that's it, right? And yet, with the first generation, with the generation above hasn't taught us how to survive instead they have used us to fulfill their needs of isolation or separation or fulfillment so now our parents are fixing our problems they're nurturing us too much they're rubbing our leg when we when we hurt and you know don't cry and they're doing everything for us they're cooking our foods and washing our clothes and the generations now are like what the fuck do I do and then as a natural mother or father you want to help your child so you go oh, I'll wash it for you and now their purpose is their kid again because I do believe that although having kids is natural we do choose to have kids but we we choose to have kids because one of the reasons why I believe people choose to have kids is because we're trying to find a purpose and it's easy just to have a kid and then our purpose is done for 20 years and then yeah. when our kids move out 
you notice that mums and fathers they, they they're lost because their whole yeah, life yeah. was their kids right and now they're lost yeah. so now what do i do and now they literally do nothing until the kids come over until they can cook until they can you know go and walk with them and it's like you do have a life too you know like your life isn't just yeah. waiting for your kid to come around next week and then it becomes like you don't want to you don't want your kid to see your pain or your weakness or your mm-hmm. lack of independence so you you hide your feelings and then and then the kid feels like they have to help you and then now the kid is going back in time to solve problems. Now their generation is fucked and now everything's flipping. It's like it's in reverse and it's not supposed to be like that. And um, my dad from an early age taught me all the mistakes that he made. Now that was good, but it was also a curse because mm. I didn't learn any mistakes myself. So when the reality of those mistakes happened, like my car broke down, I was a mess, anxiety. I didn't know yeah. what to do. I didn't know what to fucking do because I just used to call my dad and he would do it. Yeah. So although I never had those issues growing up, when the reality sets in those situations, what do I do? I'm a bloody mess because I never had that yeah. experience of learning how to deal with these situations as it evolves like an animal. If it goes into a river and there's a crocodile, he will know next time, don't go in a, in a river that you don't know has crocodiles in. And so everyone's teaching our kids like don't make these mistakes because you naturally don't want to see your kid hurt but in the animal kingdom you have to learn your mistakes you've got to fall from that coconut tree without your parent catching you but so you don't fucking climb it climb a one that's too high and yeah and it's the same as medicine which is why everyone's got disease because medicine is just healing everyone rather than ourselves. and i'm used like hang on a minute what happened to me you last used me when i was 10 I've not been used for 10 years and now there's yeah. a flu that comes along and you're fucked. And then the medicine's yeah. industry's like, I got some, I got a jab for you. Like, Oh, I'll, I'll heal you. And you're like, yeah. well, if I don't have this, I'm going to die. And everyone else around you is like, well, we need you in our life. Like don't die. So now you're living for that person. And that's one of the reasons why I believe if somebody's yeah. going to die or kill themselves, they're going to do it regardless of how much you help them. So helping them today you're just prolonging the problem until say next week if somebody's got if somebody's got such a weak immune that they get cancer over and over and over and over again i wouldn't personally want to live through the pain of cancer and all it has to deal with for 10 years if i'm going to die eventually like put me out of my misery now stamp on my head yeah. right so yeah. keep people alive because you can't live without them that's yeah. not fair that's, that's like keeping a lion in a cage because you like yeah. you like showing your friends the lion when he comes around it's yeah. like you know what i mean it's yeah. It's not, but it's so faux pas to have that conversation because then we sound like these heartless, insensitive, <laughs> you know. And it's like it's so funny because I'm so I'm so fascinated by death, you know. Um, and I just think like it's the most natural thing ever. And for me, I'm like, guys, like this is the only thing we know for sure that we're gonna die. That the fact that we're alive means we're gonna die. And like, why are we not spending our whole lives pursuing what's on the other side of that? Instead, we're like, okay, well, we will never talk about it, but let's work nine to five and let's build uh, this capitalistic system that enslaves the many for the benefit of the few. And, um, you know, let's, let's give each other a false sense of security. And I'm like, what? Like, if breathing clean air means I'm going to die, okay, okay. You know, how am I going to be in resistance of life? Um, you know, to be scared of death is to literally be paralyzed from living. And it's just such a paradox that I don't think we realize and no one wants to talk about it. And, you know, it's it's so it's so fascinating because we talk a lot about how like, oh, well, with modern medicine, we're living longer. And I say, no, we're actually dying longer. We're actually prolonging the death phase and we're suffering more than we have to. And is it helpful that we can, you know, break a bone and go and have it completely rebuilt? Absolutely. That's incredible. There's so many beautiful things that modern medicine has to offer. But at the same time, when we're putting band-aids on everything, what happens in the body? And I say this to my clients a lot. They say, okay, I need, I need something for sleep. And I'll say, okay, but just remember when you're taking something for sleep, you're telling your body, hey, don't worry about producing melatonin because I'm just gonna go ahead and outsource that. You can just shut production down. We don't need you anymore. And that's what happens. We start to turn ourselves off at so many levels that we're incompetent and incapable of dealing with the very nature of life, which is change, you know? Whereas when we see things like a virus or a bacteria, that's our upgrade from the earth. That's the earth saying, hey, shit's about to get really hard. Here's 
an upgrade because you need to have this upgrade in order to survive. And yet here we are rejecting that, that very essence of creation. I mean, our RNA is made up of viruses. You know, like it's the it's the information. Majority of viruses are actually very, very good. Um, but because we don't know anything about viruses, we're outsourcing our um, autonomy, really, to the governments and to the powers that be and saying, here, you make decisions for me because I'm incapable. Um, and yeah, it's 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 interesting. It's really interesting because I think there's so many deeper problems. I mean, it's the same way that we um, if we are parents that we coddle the children it's the same way then as citizens of a country we allow the government to coddle us um you know we we spend let's say 60 years in the workforce or however long we work for and i i mean i met a man the other day who was literally he's got dementia or something he's lost and he's like oh my god it's four o'clock in the afternoon and i don't know what to do I'm like, listen, mate, you're retired. You don't actually have to do anything, but you're just so used to having to show up somewhere on time and and give your time away that you're confused now. You know, it's so interesting. Yeah, people always, they're always used to doing something. And it's like, that's just a pattern. Like, if you're used to, it's just, everything's a learnt trait. Um, I was going to say, um, it's like we die because of our energy expires. It's not necessarily to do with the biology, right? Because if it was, you could take all these medicines and you would live that extra longer. But if that all these medicines, right, and your body was, say, your energy expires when you're 70, if you're taking all these medicines, vitamin C, D, zinc, fucking potassium, all this other shit, right, skin creams, you're tricking the body into believing that it's, it's like living, but it isn't. Sure. It's actually... You don't realize it because the medicine's like counteracting that feeling of what it would feel like without it, but you're causing problems. So it goes down to if I am weak and I'm always going to get cancer all the time, do I want to go through all the pain and all the shit and all the chemotherapy and all the sympathy and always going to the doctor and the stress of getting a car to pay for it? Or just put me out of my misery now? Because in evolution, you're supposed to have kids and then the cycle starts again and they learn from your mistakes. So we're supposed to, over time, learn our mistakes like karma not fix them all now with man and his medicine and his machine. Um, and um, yeah, so when you look at it like that, I don't believe, it's like creams, they don't actually do anything. Like they might make your skin softer, but it's not changing the cells and the biology of your skin on a cellular level. And, you know, they make your skin even drier and it actually causes more problems. So again, my mum has spent fucking thousands yeah. on creams. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, that's not doing shit. I mean, it's crazy how much money is spent on man-made shit as you said man is smart if you break a bone in the animal kingdom that lion would just die in the heat right we have a second chance if for example i chose to smoke fifty thousand cigarettes a day and got cancer and i could have that chemo and i had the wisdom to understand why i got that in the first place then yeah i would use man-made tools because we're smart we can do that now to get myself out but if my body's immune from generations of ancestors and weak people just following and their and, and their immune's weak and they're eating bad and they're sleeping bad and they've been living by a train track, then my body isn't going to be equipped to ever heal itself enough to live without man. And that's just like reality of life. You've got to just accept the fact that that tree you plant in your garden, no matter how much you water it, how much you give it compost, nice compost, it's just that seed isn't strong enough. The roots aren't strong enough. It's just going to die. <laughs> yeah, That's it. Like my husband planted an avocado tree and nice. we've been, he's been like growing it. We live in Canada. There's no, like, there is no point for us to try to grow this tree. It's not going to thrive. It's never going to bear fruit. And I'm sort of like in this weird place. Cause he, he was just curious if he could do it. And so he keeps it in a special place in the wintertime to keep it warm and giving it like all of the artificial environment that it needs to, to, to think that it's in the right climate. But at some point in time, it's going to come to this point where we're either going to have to drive to a warm climate to plant it somewhere where it can live forever and thrive um, or we're gonna have to let it go you know because this isn't the climate and this is exactly what our environment is trying to do it gives us this like false sense of security that you know oh don't worry you can just get the flu shot but it's like well, hold on a second I need the flu it's actually like what's gonna keep me stronger but we we have this fear of anything that makes us weak because we don't value what vulnerability has to offer which is actually where we draw all of our power from is from our most vulnerable places um, and, you know, again, because we don't really understand life, we're scared to die. And yet we're, we're so afraid of dying that we're not actually living. It's so paradoxical. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. 
if a vi- virus will either kill you or it's just the virus. It's not good or bad. It's just there. Bacteria, it's just there. Okay. So when, you know, mum's like, wash your hands because you've touched this, touched that. I'm like, it's either going to kill me or it's not, which means it's good or it's bad. It's not like, no, this is really good. That's really bad. This, this is neutral. It's just like life. And again, washing your hands so much doesn't expose your body to what you need. Like when you get a flu or a cold, you're not just fighting off that specific pathogen or flu. You're basically telling your immune system to be on alert for anything. That's a good thing. Like get prepared for food you eat, get prepared for air when the climate changes, get prepared for this, get prepared for that. It's not just specifically you take this flu jab for COVID because now your body's like, well, I can only... I've only learned how to fight the COVID-19. Well, how about COVID-20 or COVID-2 or fucking COVID-9? Yeah? But yeah. if you if, if you allow your body to be exposed to just say a natural pathogen, it's not just COVID. There's many things around it. It's like if you get, say, HIV, you've probably got chlamydia as well because it's all to do with different stuff, right? If you have a vitamin C tablet, you don't get all the vitamin that you would get no. in a banana. It's not just vitamin C. There's so many cells, yeah. cells and chemicals that you haven't even... Yeah. Man's not even labelled yet. It's like it doesn't even yeah. exist. Like, but yeah. that is what you need. So you give yourself like... Well, and they're synergistic. They go together. So you take yeah. that out. You take the vitamin C out of the orange, let's say, and you're missing 10,000 phytonutrients yeah. that were supposed to go with the vitamin C because that activates it. It provides the enzymes to break it down. It's like this symbiotic system that we're just like, oh, okay, I like this fraction of it. I'm going to take that, you know? I got bitten by a false widow spider last year and it bit me on the nose and it got infected because I just let nature deal with it. I didn't call a doctor or anything. Now I'm looking back. I should have at least cleaned it. But anyway, so the infection, <laughs> the infection took me down for three weeks. It was like four times worse than the flu. I was shitting. I was I was pissing. I was being sick. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't walk. It was awful. And I thought it was a tummy bug. But now I realize it was the spider bite. But I didn't realize it was at that time the spider bite. So now I've been exposed to, say, the venom of a spider. Does that mean I can now tolerate other spider venoms or maybe snake venom or mosquito venom? You know, if I've gone to the doctor and they give me antibiotics, my body wouldn't have had to work its immune to fight it and therefore learn how to fight future stuff like that. Not only that. But the antibiotics will kill my microbiome, which would destroy, you know, my my intestine, whatever is in there, which yeah. means I might be more likely to an autoimmune disease because you've now mm. killed the gut microbiome to protect me, which causes other issues, which means my immune's weak, which means when I do get bitten by a fly, I'm down again. So yeah. we are supposed to deal with pain and shit and what life has to offer. And if you can't, then you've just got a weak energy like tough shit you know your ancestors will learn over time humans can't save every human and give every african a tap for water and every african food because he hasn't got food and water i'm like you do know that americans over thousands of years were in that position where they were just in a desert and they moved inward and they learned how to harvest and grow crops you know those africans have to learn like through generations to to move inward you can't just unicef comes along or the un comes along builds a house because like well how did he build a house how can they teach their ancestors how to build a house how to you know dig water up how to learn from experience how to climb a tree to get food how to grow crops now un drops a helicopter of all this food yeah you're saving all these people now but over time when there's no un and there's no planes because technology fucks up how are they going to learn that shit over generations and then you realize we have to learn our mistakes you cannot just be taught you know <laughs> you can't be given you can't be given anything you can't be given the answers yeah like at school, that's, we're cool. that's also what we want yeah because of the indoctrination of our education right like the Unfortunately, in many ways, the white man, let's say, has come in and said, oh, don't worry about this. We'll give it to you. Don't worry about that. We'll teach it to you. Don't worry about this. And we've been removed from living naturally with the earth. We don't even know what natural means anymore because we're so in this like fake environment with fake oxygen and fake lighting and fake food and fake um, antibiotics and all of these things that it's like we go into the Amazon forest to find cures 
for the, the next year's disease. And then we say, okay, let me just tweak it in a few ways because you can't patent nature. And now all of a sudden it's, it's going to do a lot of good, but it's also going to have these side effects because it's not natural. And that's what we've done in every corner of the earth is we've taken away what is natural, replaced it with something man-made that has limitations and flaws. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's like we're our own worst enemy. This whole failure to thrive is because of our attachment to someone else giving us the handouts giving us the answers giving us the medicines this is why ai is just gonna be it's like it's just gonna be the end of human evolution because if human evolution is about learning so much and evolving so quick through brain trial and error cause and effect whatever you've got a robot taking the commands of other humans and telling you where your brain isn't you stimulating its own neurons to find answers so now what do you do now it's like our parent generation times 10 because now we're following what our parents say rather than working it out ourselves. Our brain is completely brain dead. Like our boss tells us what to do. We just follow. That's why a lot of employees get dementia because their brain's overused by excessive working shit out that that person said. I mean, it's absolutely crazy. Um, do you think... Even the way we get like ready, we we put the we put our pants on. The same foot goes in the one pant leg, and then we do everything as repetition. You know, if you think about um what how we are living now in terms of surviving, but yet we're not because we're actually killing ourselves. And let's say all this stuff is supposed to keep us alive to say eighty, but majority say die at sixty. If you go back in time, before all this man-made shit how people thousands of years ago would have lived as till say 50 and died at 70 have we really served any purpose like living to 50 with nothing and dying at say 60 with a little bit of like pain and suffering versus living to 70 80 with all this man-made shit but actually dying at 60 or 50 is that what i'm trying to say have we really like you're dying before you're dead (laughs) it's like the aim is to survive so we're alive but we're not really living you go back to say 2000 years ago they might have say died at 50 but they were living up until 50 whereas we might live now till 70 but we are brain dead inside we're physically depleted so we still die at 50 so really we haven't really it's a waste of time (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. and it's like yeah i mean it's so funny because i mean it's it's such a like it's such a tough conversation to have without sounding completely heartless you know it's like it's a such a different level of consciousness to have that kind of conversation because that's exactly how i feel like we are we're not really living longer we're dying longer we like life was over for us so many people even once they retire they die shortly after because that their job was their identity and then they don't have a job anymore and all of a sudden they have no identity no purpose they don't know who they are and it's like they self you know everyday um, merges into one yeah yeah whereas because we don't know how to be all we know how to do is do we're doers we're not being we're human beings we're supposed to be we're supposed to be present to every single moment and when you're not i mean we live in our minds which means that we're either living in the past or a projection of the future that hasn't happened yet and therefore it doesn't exist so we're not actually even existing in the real world in real time in this time and space on this dimension we're living in our own fantasy land which is kind of weird when you think about every single person is living in their own version of reality you know and it's right. so funny because I come in I come I always feel like when I'm leaving my apartment like I'm coming into the matrix and I'm like all right who am I gonna see out here in the world like oh there's someone that's afraid of this uh, c19 okay yep yep like where's the mask <laughs> you know um, because it's like what do I need to survive out there like it's it's so interesting and and all of that like it doesn't it doesn't even come into my reality that's just not where I'm living um, and yet I, I you know you, you come into somebody else's vibration and you're like whoa the fear is strong over here that's interesting what an interesting choice choice you're making for your existence you know it's like i see people in their car with their mask on i'm like what do you think the fuck's gonna happen the flu's gonna fly through the air vent and up into your into your car or they're walking in the middle of a field with their mask on i'm like you do know there needs to be a human being here or you know to like get your stupid mask off anyway i want to end on a high so we've got something to uh, continue for the next time (laughs) um plug anything you want to plug social medias projects you're doing whatever Oh, man. Well, I mean, I was supposed to be taking a group of people to Costa Rica to do some deep inner journeying. Um, and that's not happening now. So, I mean, it's it's kind of an interesting 
time frame. I mean, right now I've been focusing a lot personally just on my own uh, self-growth and development. And um, that's kind of slowly trickling into the podcast that I have. I'm kind of getting to the stage where I'm going to start having uh, conversations. So maybe you'll have to join me over there. Um, But yeah, for the time being, I've been doing a lot of uh, plant medicine ceremonies and uh, a lot of ego deaths and a lot of uh, very... Um, difficult processing. And um, I honestly, this whole six months, I've probably never been happier. I actually feel more at peace, more grounded, more at ease with the way the world is going. Because I'm like, oh, thank God, the break that no one was ever prepared enough to take. Like, you know, and uh, I don't know, I'm sort of excited. I feel like the it's world is it's sickening, but I am as well. Like, <laughs> The, the, the human needs a wipeout. There's too many humans on the planet, too many problems, too many interferences, too much politics, too much religion, too much food, too much yeah. anger, too much fucking vegan, black lives, everything. Everything's fucking all one. It's all merged into one. And it's like yeah. people just need to be themselves, but everyone's merged into one, right? And in terms of a a species point of view, we need a good wipeout of at least I don't know, a billion or two billion humans, right? But in terms of if my nan got COVID and died, I'd be very upset and I blame the government. But I look at it from both <laughs> perspectives. I'm not like yeah. one narrow minded. I see the both sides. But if too many trees yeah. are together and there's a fire, they're all going to burn down. But then all that burn creates new life, new soil for the next generation. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. humans need a good wipeout. And I'm excited to see, as <laughs> sickening as this is, what will happen because... It needs to happen. For stability of civilization, it needs to happen. There's too much weak, too many weak people and just sucking the life out of, say, everything. NHS, like, it's supposed to be, you know, you break your leg, we'll fix you. Now, every fucker who smokes goes to the NHS. Everyone who's got a cough goes to the NHS. Everyone's got dementia goes to the NHS. And then you're fucking, like, like taking all the nutrients from everything. And I am excited to see what God, if there is a God, whatever, has involved he's like listen bruv you're fucking up the planet there's whales choking on bottles i'm gonna wipe you the fuck out and you're not gonna be able to make a vaccine for two years don't even try okay a million's died so far i'll get at least you know 100 mil and then i'll be happy and then you know uh, yeah it's just very interesting (laughs) like i think it's very possible that we're witnessing the fall of a civilization and uh, it's kind I of a cool agree. time to be alive. And uh, as as morbid as that sounds, um, I actually think this whole situation is a freaking beautiful catalyst um, because now we're paying attention. Now we're yeah. like, oh, hold on. Like, I can't just take a tablet and, and be better. Like, I've had more people come to me now. I stopped my nutrition practice and all of these people are coming to me like, what, what is an immune system? How do we do this? And it's like, oh, you're finally paying attention. How cool. Like, now we have your attention. This is brilliant, you know? And uh, yeah, like, let's, let's talk about the nitty gritty stuff. I think people are dealing with, it's like we as a collective, as a species have manifested this occurrence and now we're witnessing, ooh, what does fear look like? Let's let's see what that looks like because we're going to have to reconcile that within ourselves. You know, it's the deep, dark, uncomfortable, dark night of the soul for the whole freaking planet. And I'm like, oh, sweet, I've done this before. Let's sit back, make some popcorn and see how it all unfolds. <laughs> so I think there's a no, lot of catalysts. That's how I think. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of potential. I think it's beautiful. And um unfortunately pain and suffering is built into this whole life experience and so to reject that um it puts you sort of in a different level of of comp- uh of consciousness a different vibration um and and to those people what we're talking about is probably it's probably sounds super fucked up um but at the same time for those that are like sort of getting it that are understanding there's a lot of people waking up to these new realities to these new levels of consciousness and um i think it's it's really cool. It's really cool to see. It's uh, possibly the fall of our civilization. Um, but from what we've seen, this is the cycle the earth goes through. Look back in time. Look at all of these ancient civilizations that have risen to greatness and fallen. Have we have we reached the like that point, that tipping point of our own uh, civilization? Possibly. I agree. I honestly so- think we have. Um, we have. And, you know, think about, you know, if there is aliens in space, it's basically Elon Musk, but say 2000 years ago, 
You know, those yeah. humans became like us. They got smart. They got sick of the planet, too populated. They think, oh, let's go to Mars. And they live in Mars. They grow potatoes. And they look back, stupid humans. And the cycle starts again. I do believe so that, that if there is... <laughs> yeah, I do believe that if there is aliens, then it's just the same cycle of this. And if it is this cycle, then the cycle isn't actually that long. It's literally in 200 years. Because if we've gone from, like, retards to this in 200 years... Jesus Christ, the whole planet's been around for millions of years. This is just going to keep going where we're going to become brain dead. Then we're going to get smart and then we're going to grow. I actually can't wait to die. Not because I don't want to live this life, because art, the afterlife, it's like life's so, life's so good. Like what's next? Like I can't wait to see what's next. Like, am I going to be a ghost? Can I fly around? Like, fuck me. I'm going to live this life as great as I can for the next life. But when people think about, afterlife or they fear death is because they're not living this life now it's their brain saying listen mate, you're going to die soon start doing the shit you want to do and they're fearing not death but they're fearing the voice in their head of you're not doing anything you want to do and they're thinking shit time's running out time is running out that's what they're fearing their own conscious not the death part yeah. not yeah. the death part anyway we this conversation will go on for a long time let's end it here yeah. <laughs> and we'll, do it. we'll continue on the next but i'm just going to press stop right there okay If you've enjoyed this episode, I have many more for you to listen to, so go back and have a look at the old ones. Also, make sure that you have subscribed and notifications are turned on so you know when I've released a new one. Follow me on Instagram. Yes, King Oliver. Have a great day.